Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian here in North Texas, and I'm joined by the one, the most comfortable person in the state of Texas right now, in his Mickey Mouse robe, Frank from Austin. Frank, how are you? Brian, doing wonderful here at exactly 9 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Right. We bring up time because uh, our fellow castmate, Willem, who is noticeably absent at the moment, um, told us he would be on at 9 p.m. sharp. Now, when someone tells me their exact time to be ready, I will be ready at that exact time. So, well, also, I I tend to pull up the atomic clock instantly, right? If we're we're calling it sharp, that BBC intro is about to end and I'm going on the air. Oh, we're live. Like, we're live. And it's not here. So, Frank, what are are you drinking? uh, AGB sparkling water this evening? Yeah, I got the unsweetened grapefruit edition. Ooh. Uh, we do need to talk about the magic that is HEB shopping for you. Okay. We're yeah, and we can maybe maybe cast. talk about the, um, the handicap of having Walmart employees shopping on the floors <laughs> of the fucking store that they work in every day. Uh, we could we could talk about the pitfalls of non HEB stores managing the same. <laughs> I. It's fucking infuriating. Anyway, uh, I'm drinking something a little bit special. Uh, I am drinking. It's a Stella Artois, but it is their Ooh, piss. Mid- it is their midnight lager. So this is their okay. Their dark Hold on. lager just came out, right? Yeah. It is fantastic. I need to get some of that. I need uh, to get some of that. So is it, is it a black lager? Mm-hmm. Yep. It, I mean, it's so totally toasted malt. Yeah, technically, it's what it would be classified as. Um, I will say uh, it is very European of them, which I like uh, a, a European dark lager. And I say it's European because if you get an American Schwartz beer, an American black lager, it tends to have like over the top roasted notes. I mean, it tastes like almost burnt ashtray uh, Pilsner in some aspects, but it's also usually higher in alcohol if it's in America. So it's like a six and a half percent black lager. Um, but this is very, it's tastefully done. Uh, it's only 5.4% alcohol by volume, and it is it is much more like a traditional black lager or traditional Schwartz beer. It's quite good. I mean, it's not up there with Skull Mechanics, their uh, black check pills that they did, but it's still very, very good. And, now, and it's, it's supposedly supposedly a limited edition. Yeah, it, I was going to say, it'll only be out in the holiday season, so... Be sure to pick it up if you see it. But it's not, is it one of the like get it or it's gone or yeah, limited no. edition? Is in we're only making it during this time. I think they're only making it this time. This is the first year they've at least brought it to our market, and I think it's only sold in twelve packs. So it's well worth a pickup, and uh, it's one of those that you can drink two or three of them in a night and be perfectly fine. Like it's you, okay. your palate may be a little blasted, but at the end of the night you'll. You'll appreciate drinking two or three of these versus a giant imperial stout. Yeah, I might I might pick some up for this weekend, this Saturday night. And it's also they also uh, these black lagers really go well with food. 
especially mm-hmm. heartier foods that we cook this time of year. Um, any roast, like roasted meats, go really well with black lagers. Matter of fact, I even uh, uh, suggest if you're doing, like uh, if you're trying to do some like braising or uh, glazing of the meat as you're roasting it, yeah. using a black lager in that, and it tends to sweeten up a little bit. It's nice. You know what you could also do? You can brine it. Mm-hmm. That too. You can do that for your brine a little bit. Yeah, that sounds that sounds actually amazing. And just a couple hints on holiday, like cocktail and food pairing, you know, or drink of choice on food pairing. Don't take away from the food. Like, I don't understand why people go sit down and they're like, oh, I'm opening this double dry hopped, like, fucking beast of an 11% beer and you're eating turkey. You're like, dude, you're eating turkey. Like, no, the best, back it off. <laughs> the best suggestion I have for any fucking food pairing for any time of year, and most especially this time, is Saison. Saison and anything you have on your table is going to go just fine together. Saison yeah, is and, like... And a, a, good, a good lager, too. I mean, if right. you can find a good lager or pilsner, you're not going to detract. Well, as long as you, st- you you don't go for an imperial pills or some dumb True. shit. True. Like I mean, that. you're looking for something that's under 4%, under 5 preferably, if you can go under 4 Like, it's just a beer that's supposed to be... Palate cleanser, mm-hmm. nothing more. <laughs> like uh, so many people want to do. Like so, there, uh, there's a school of thought for beer pairing and uh, beer and food pairing. Is you want to? It's it's similar to you, you'll you'll understand. Uh, uh, cut, compare, and contrast. So you either want to cut uh, fat with dryness. You either mm-hmm. want to cut sweetness with dryness, or you want to cut um, like bitter uh, saltiness with maybe a little bit of sweet but not too much you just want enough to cut it and clear the palate um yep you can go the contrast of doing something sweet and something or something spicy and something hoppy those are contrasting flavors but those can get way out of hand. indian and a ipa makes sense those go but those can get way out of hand quick if you go over the top like frank was saying and then the uh the compare is the the like like flavors. So what I like to do German chocolate cake with uh, Russian Imperial Stout or American Barrel Aged Stouts, and those go fucking amazing together. I mean, but it, it's like diabetes in a meal. Like it, it, well, there's a I lot mean, of sugar in that combo, a, but I've had it before too. It's amazing. There's a reason that I had to lose sixty two pounds this year. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't it, done the German do chocolate. Good. I haven't done the German chocolate imperial stout pairing in a while. Hmm. Connection. I wonder. Uh, the other one that I will say is uh, Brian, actually. Hold on. Hold on. Before we move on from that, Brian was a kid on stage in the Matilda movie when they kept eat the cake, eat the cake. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did you ever see Matilda? Yeah, it was it was offensive to my people. Uh, <laughs> but I will say another cool one that you don't want to don't want to uh, pass up. Is uh, like dark chocolate or chocolate desserts and a Belgian quad or a Belgian dark strong. You want to talk about knock your pants off good? Those are really, really good. And because it's Belgian beer, doesn't have a whole lot of residual sweetness. It's just got a lot of big flavors. So Yeah, but I bet that Belgian candy uh, sugar makes a bit of a... Like I can imagine the flavor that that brings out. It goes really well with what you're talking about. So it's actually the, that combined with the yeast phenolics will be really, really... It's They're really fun. Like you get some plum and dates out of oh, that, yeah, that Belgian sure. beer. I mean, you combine that with chocolate and a little bit of uh, creaminess from that. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Now, can we talk Can we talk real quick pecan pie? Okay. Uh, okay. I'm glad you said right. pecan pie instead of pecan, in which case you're, you're we big, would have dissolved this pecan- podcast. 
Yeah, so, okay, people call them pecans, and then they'll still say pecan. I don't say, those people are dead to me. When they talk about the pie. Those people are dead to me. I I understand. I just didn't, like, someone the other day did that. Like, oh, did you pick up pecans on your way here? Like, oh, I can't make this pecan pie without it. I was like, what the fuck? What happened to you? I've never seen someone do that. Yeah, (laughs) I've never seen that. What's going on up there? I'm concerned. Do you need help? Who's who's home? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So... So, yeah, it's like, man, split personality if I've ever seen it. Um, so, no, um, <clears throat> have you ever had pecan pie with dates in it? I have not. Family's oh, very God. traditional when it comes to pecan pies. The, the, the American society at large is missing out on this incredible combination, okay? Have you had, have you had carrot cake with dates in it? Haven't had a whole lot of carrot cake, so admittedly, no. Okay, I, so I, I love carrot cake. Okay, um, those those two desserts specifically, those two. Now, any cake that you want to make real moist, dates can help, right? And if you don't want to use a lot of oil, you can always substitute oil with dates, right? But specifically, the two most successful things that I've had with dates in them, mm-hmm. where the date version is better, pecan pie. And carrot cake. If you if you have never had it, you should make it. It is fucking amazing. Huh. Improves everything. You know what I have found that I enjoy is pizza with dates. Oh my god, and, no. No, in balsamic vinegar. Fig. Oh, figs. That's oh, what it is. okay. Yeah, that's figs. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay, got it. Whatever. It's the same with thing, dates, right? I bet I, with <laughs> with no with dates that could be good too. Sorry, I thought you. <laughs> I thought you were talking like about about a dessert <laughs> pizza with dates. I was no, like, uh. go fuck yourself. No, I'm prosciutto. Dessert. Oh yeah, prosciutto. Oh yeah, and some goat cheese, dude. It's fucking knock your socks off. Oh, good. No, that's absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, just if if you're looking to make something kind of out of the ordinary that people haven't had, but it'll be better than anything they've had. Because, you know, like a pecan pie, when you heat it up, it just kind of, bruh. You know, like, it's it's all caramelized shit for the filling, right? right? The dates keep it together so that it's a pie. Like, it's a pie, <laughs> and it and it and it's, it's moist. Pie. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't just fall apart on the plate. Yeah. I don't know. You just got to try it until you try it. You haven't had the best pecan pie, but... That's sort of off the off the subject. I mean, but, uh, every subject should have to do with pie. That's all I'm going to say. Should if every if, if life ends with pie every day, we're fine. Um, speaking of pie, the um, the statistical figure that is behind the backbone of all things in our life. Might I suggest another backbone of all things of our life, which is Instagram. Go check us out at No Beer Left Cast <laughs> over on Instagram and check out uh, Frank. I don't know if you saw the latest video that I put out. Uh, involving the my, my Brian's seasonal beer of choice. Um, since we're living that quote unquote fuck founders lifestyle, um, so I I saw it, but I just can't remember it. I've got to pull it back up again. Uh, no, no worries, Frank. Don't lie to me. Don't piss on my back. No, and no, tell no me actually, it's I did see it. You know I did mean? see it. I'm not even joking. It's the yeah. It, that's it. That's it. <laughs> the Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're plaid hats. No, I saw I saw that yesterday. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, so if you do see Plaid Habit on your market, my suggestion is go pick that up. You'll enjoy it. So Plaid Habit, what 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 is it about that beer? I mean, I know you're trying to steer people to the Instagram, but in case people don't have Instagram, what is it about that beer that you kind of it's look a, for? The, the flavors are very unique to that beer. It's an Imperial Brown Ale, which is not a common style. And uh, it's Canadian. It's aged in Canadian whiskey barrels. So oh, wow. it's got a little bit of a kick to it, but not too, like, it's not Is hot. it a bit sweeter? 
it is a little bit, but like I described it as literally a stack of pancakes with maple syrup over the top. It is maple syrup sweet versus like uh, yeah. fucking Aunt Jemima syrup sweet. You know what I mean? Like it's but a it's, nice roast. It's nice like caramelized flavor. No, that makes sense. Because have you ever had Canadian whiskey and bourbon like next to each other? Oh, yeah. They're night and day. Night and day. But the Canadian whiskey, I, I actually think that comparison is perfect. It's like maple syrup versus molasses. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, exa- like, like bourbon is like molasses sweet, and and maple syrup is like the the Canadian Canadian whiskey. If you mix it with Coke, you're just drinking sugar. Yeah, like, there's not you're drinking cane sugar through and through, uh, and there's like very little burn to it. Whereas if you put mm-hmm. bourbon and Coke, you can really you really start. Cr- I mean, you're drinking you're drinking Coke and and old Coke, like unlit or fully leaded Coke. Uh, but the the sweet because the sweetness is turned up even more. But then you get offset by burn. Which yeah. makes it feel like oh, I'm doing a little something extra. <laughs> so I don't know if you've seen the bottom of our screen the last couple of minutes, but Willem has made an unprecedented four attempts to join this cast. And yeah, he's I'm not falling sure off going every on. time. It's, he's he said he said, Don't throw me on right away. And I was like, Oh, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a moment before you throw to me. Bro, you gotta be here before we can even make the pass. Yeah, exactly. You know before we can consider it. Oh fucking A. Crazy. All right. So Brian, yes. <clears throat> gotta talk about this. Mm-hmm. And uh I was hoping Villain would be on for this, but I guess not. But um paying Grocery stores to do your shopping. I know you have a very specific thought process around this, not necessarily around the individual requesting the shopping being done for them, but around the actual act of shopping within the store while this is happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first, let's just back it up. I want to say, if if you're ever in a crunch, like a time crunch, or you just don't want to deal with the grocery store, and your local grocery store has the convenience of having someone do your shopping for you and you can actually like go through their website while wow, he just dropped again oh. he's back and he's, he's gone. gone this is fucking impressive anyway just go <laughs> on with what you got and we'll, we'll, and catch he's back. Him we'll catch up with him when he gets ready so um no so if if you've got the ability uh, at your local grocery store, yeah grocery store to have someone actually um uh, do your shopping for you. Highly right. recommend it okay. if it's a reasonable price. So uh, the the um, <laughs> just, the, just yeah, just go on. Yeah, the local H E B here. Well, H E B I guess in general in Central Texas, they only charge five dollars. Okay, and it's not it's not now obviously if you're getting two items and you're paying someone five dollars, you got to get your mind checked. But if you're doing a whole like week's worth of shopping at the grocery store and all you pay is five dollars for someone to peruse the mega mall that is heb down here Mm -hmm. um i find that to be entirely worth it yeah um so they'll do the shopping the one thing that i don't like is they bag everything in a single bag no really so like well, not not a single bag. Every every item gets its own bag. Oh, that's fucking dumb. That's wasteful yeah. and dumb. Yeah. So that is annoying. Um, they they did bag some items collectively, but it seemed to be items that were close together more right. so than anything. Um, <clears throat> so that was dumb. But um, yeah, you, you do the shopping. Prices are the same. They even allow you to clip coupons on the website. You know, that's so cool. sometimes I miss a coupon from the catalog. They allow you to do it on Edit. the website mm-hmm. and then um once you're done 
uh, you select a checkout or not a checkout, a pickup time. And it's within a half hour window. You show up, you park in a parking spot, which is off the, like at, at the HEB down here, it's, it's a separate section. Yeah. It's out of the way of the main parking spot. You, yeah. you check in on the app and then they come out to you. You don't check in on the app. No, you just text them the parking oh. spot number. Okay. And then they come out to you. Now, if you go during rush hour, it can take you whatever, a good 15 minutes to get your groceries to you. Cause there's like 50 other cars. Um, but if you check out like, I don't know, 2 PM on a Saturday or something, you, you'll get your groceries pretty quickly. Um, so anyways, I just want to, you know, shout out PSA out there for those of you who haven't tried it. Absolutely worth it. Just make sure your bill is at least, you know, a hundred, 150 bucks worth of groceries. You're not spending whatever $5 for someone to pick out 13 items for. How is it? Uh, how, how has your experience been with picking up produce? Uh, haven't had an issue with that. So, and it may be HEB's like quality like standards that they have. I know like Sprouts has really good quality standards where you can basically walk in and pick up just about any piece of produce and it's fine. Yeah. But like I've heard people uh, who use Kroger and Walmart pickups uh, here in North Texas have kind of an issue with getting usable produce because they will literally just walk up and pick up whatever the fuck is on top of a pile, throw it in the bag and move on. Um, which leads me to my larger issue that I have with these uh, uh, curbside pickups. Uh, so it just to address that first point, is that just not a really good way to make sure people don't use the service anymore? Yeah, that's like, a 100% what it is. It's a real good way to guarantee they will idiots. never use it again. Um, idiot. It, uh, so I will say this, full disclosure, my mom is in her 70s. She's got some health issues, and it's really hard for her to get around nowadays and she uses the walmart pickup service there in her hometown and it works great however the things that she's getting are not like i mean they're mostly shelf stable products and like you know yeah. uh, grocery you know odds and ends things that are not necessarily like oh i don't need a fucking 80 pound watermelon <laughs> like please don't buy that yeah, uh, yeah and like you know i don't need a 15 dollar steak for myself whatever it is uh so it, you, it works for her um, for me and my Walmart out here in the country, I'm just going to say the country, even though it's not, but it acts like it's a fucking country. Uh, it sucks. It really sucks. Uh, as a shopper who shops alongside these employees who are picking products uh, for people on the internet, uh, they don't know where anything is in the fucking store. Like the employees really? have no fucking idea where things are in the store. So you can't really ask them for help. Cause then they go, I don't know because the way the employees pick the items is they look at the, at their oh. screen. They have a grid system on the aisles that tells them where to pick up the product. Because to be honest, it is kind of overwhelming. If you're picking products all day and you have, Oh, I got to pick up green beans. Well, you're not picking up the, you know, the Thai style green beans or the Italian style green beans or the fucking, I don't know, mixed green green beans. You have to pick up the green beans from GH. So you in the basket and we're good. Yep. Which I kind of understand that in that case, these people are just warehouse employees who are going through yeah, and picking yeah, yeah. product. To which my solution is fucking make a secondary store in the back where you have your back stock lined up in a grid section. That way your employees can go do the sh -sh 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 online shopping in the back. You keep much them quicker. Much quicker. You keep them off the fucking floor and out of the customer's way uh, because they're not providing a service to the customers who are there in the fucking store <laughs> shopping. They're shopping mm -hmm. alongside. It's a 
com- it's a competition at that point to fucking get down an aisle, especially on a Saturday or Sunday when that's the only time I have to go shopping. And I really just want to fucking bludgeon people with blunt objects for the majority <laughs> of the time. Uh, and then on top of all that, well, you see them like just because you have to just go with me here in the mind of a Walmart shopper already. We're going to lower our IQ points collectively by about 30. Okay. And then in the minds of an, a Walmart employee, I'm just going to do blank air. I'm just going to do blank air and let you fill in what IQ adjustments you need to do there. I'm not going to say anything, but then the Walmart employee that is there at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning picking items. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the blunt object thing comes to mind. Where you're just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And they're they're wandering around, looking around, along with the old people who are there at seven o'clock in the morning, wandering around, looking to find the goddamn spaghetti noodles. I'm like, I have no idea where these things are. Last week they were over here and they're having a full on fucking conversation with one another about where the fucking spaghetti noodles are. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to get to the penny pasta. It's in the same fucking place. It's to the left. Just go to the fucking left. That's all you have to look for. Anyway, <laughs> I fucking I I I don't like it only because it severely inconveniences everyone else in the goddamn store when these well, people are in their way. And it's again, I know that is a very specific issue that I have with my store and the employees and the shoppers in that store. No, but I also the WalMarts aren't normally set up for that operation. And like, that's well, that's the thing. H E B's aisles are like twice as wide as mm-hmm. any Walmart I've been in. Well, and then the other thing is this: uh, the the stores that have those set up, the Kroger out by me also has it set up. Or they they also have curbside pickup, and they've had it for three years now, which is. Yeah. Pretty progressive, I thought. But in order to do that, they had to rearrange the entire store to get high flow items in the wider aisles, so that there would be less. So there was like some thought. Some thought. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The issue is that when you still run into the same issue, where you have part time or new, you know, new employees walking the floor shopping for other people, you're like, well, you have no idea where the fuck you're going. You're in the way. You're like leaving your cart in the middle of an aisle and then walking three quarters of the aisle down, and now you're fucking blocking three different sections of the store. Yeah, that's annoying. Really appreciate that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, HEB's got that shit figured out. I've never been, uh, never been sort of impeded on by a, a an online impotent, impotent. Yeah, I've. Yeah, they just have good etiquette, I guess. At HEB, they probably like most of them are probably former section leads you know or whatever mm-hmm. like people that actually have as i say they actually run their business in a way that you can some knowledge of where things are <laughs> you you the, the employees have been around for more than eight months <laughs> well that's the thing heb right like they pay their employees well people actually like working there right um so yeah it makes sense but it's it's uh, yeah i i'll tell you i i was impressed it was efficient it was the second time I've used it, but the first time I've used it for like a lot of things. The first right. time was, I, th- I want to say it was last Christmas. I used it and it was just like, the, it's going to be hell to get these things. Let me just do it online. And, and I was like 40 bucks worth of stuff. And the first time was free. So I just figured fine. Yeah. Um, this time, knowing it was five bucks, I had to order my normal groceries and I was impressed. So I don't, yeah, I guess moral of the story, give your local whatever Aldi's or whatever don't, try. I don't think Aldi's going to offer. <laughs> I don't think Aldi's going to do this now. No. <laughs> I yeah. guess Albertsons might do it. Albertsons Reasons might do it, but Albertsons, Tom Thumb do it. Uh, Kroger does it. And yeah, give it a, it. give it a try. You're probably going to find some being better than others. I I'm sure 
the uh, model where you pick the shittiest produce for the online shopper <laughs> is a model. I'm not sure how consistently that's going to pay off for you. You, but, you know it's done by some uh, store manager who's like, this fly-by-night organization they call the internet's never going to stick around. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never find this complaint. <laughs> yeah. This will never come back to bite me. <sighs> so yeah, I, give it a try. I I think it's totally worth it. Five bucks. In the end, it's just going to be a bunch of robots doing it for you anyway. So, oh, funny you should mention that. We'll speed that process up. Our Walmart has uh, one of those robot cleaners. Looks like a giant trash yep. can. It scared the fuck out of a bunch of hillbillies out here. It was great. Um, Damn. And uh, also, they took away like two thirds of the checkout lanes and turned them all into a self checkout area, like a giant self checkout area which i was like ah this this seems That's, good for the economy this seems like this is bringing back Walmart's jobs been going that way for a while uh yeah yeah uh, you should see you should see this walmart now it's fucking wild mhm it really is anyway. it's crazy so uh <clears throat> do we have audio on the uh, tulsa line yeah i'm here he just dropped his oh, microphone <laughs> sounded <laughs> like yeah, my the connector on my mic's getting all janky now. Um, oh, mine started acting up too. So it's being a bit of a bitch. It took me a good 10, 15 minutes to get that squared away. Well, I'm sorry you're having. I'm, I'm sorry this is happening to you, Willem. Nah, T's and P's go out to you right now. I miss the grocery shopping talk, so I'm all right with that. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to sleep tonight, not having weighed in on gro- on on internet grocery time. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Um, Willem, how have you been uh, since we've last spoke? Uh, I've been pretty well. No complaints. I've, I've got to go down to Austin. I thought maybe we would all get to record, but it turned out to be a bit of a busier time than I thought it would be. So Yeah, we are trying to hang out with family, Willem. <laughs> yeah. Been? Yeah. What the hell is that yeah. all about? Uh, did, you have, did you at least have a good trip there and back? Yeah. Yeah, uneventful, which is good. I mean, as far as, you know, the drive and all that goes. Yeah. No flats this time. You're good there. Yeah. Jesus. uh, I don't want to, you know, I just don't really even want to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it at this point. Understand completely. I had a spell there. Um, Are you drinking anything fun and fanciful this evening? Definitely fun. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say fanciful. I'm drinking a stockyard oatmeal stout. Do you know where stockyard is from? Um, can you guess? <clears throat> I, I mean, honestly, I mean, there's a lot of stockyards. I'm gonna say maybe, uh, is it Oklahoma, Oklahoma City? City? No, I just meant where I bought it at Trader Joe's. It's a oh. Trader Joe's beer. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I've never heard of stockyard stuff. And it's it's good. It's quite good. What what is the ABV on said stout? Five point two percent. Excellent. I love those low not, ABVs. Not too high, but it uh. It's rich and smooth and all that, and it was seven dollars for a six pack. Oh, that must be it. Must be terrible then, because I know right, that right. I don't pay under fifteen dollars for a four pack. And that's, well, that's how you know it's good. That's yeah. I pay for quality. We all know this, this to be was true. brewed and bottled by Joseph Sproul <laughs> Brewing Company out of San Jose, California. I believe it's San Jose. Is that right? I don't know. Just, just read just, it in a book. Oh, San Jose City. Got it. <laughs> San Jose. 
A little slow. I apologize. <laughs> you actually pronounce a hard J in the Spanish language. <laughs> Here, I'm going to link you guys the the untapped or beer advocate. Sorry. It has uh, an 87 on beer advocate. 87 reviews or 87 out of 100? Uh, out of 100. Yeah. Which is good. very good. I was going to say those, uh, the Joseph Proud beers typically are well within style parameters and they're usually really just well brewed beers. Yeah. Yeah. They did a really good job. It's like not flashy. It's just solid, you know. How much? How much was it? $82. Seven, seven, <laughs> $72, actually. No, uh, 80 or eight. Fuck. $7 for a six pack. Sorry. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I like those, uh, let's call them inexpensive beers. They're really good. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, I, uh, I'm going to a beer event this week and usually, I don't know if y'all know this about me, but I don't like to get out of the house. So for me to go to a beer event, is kind of a big deal. Pretty pumped about it. Which one are you going to? I am going to Lakewood Brewing's Bourbon Barrel Temptress release party this Friday. Nice. They got a nice facility over there. They do. And I mean, is that one I've been to? That sounds familiar. Lakewood. Mm -mm. Oh, you haven't been with me at least. Um, Maybe I've had their beer. Yeah, you've probably you've had their. I sent. Uh, I think I included Temptress in uh, that mixed six pack. I sent. Oh, right. Yep. Okay. Do you remember that? Um. Yeah, so they do their annual uh, bourbon barrel temptress release party, uh, and this year I got uh, I got the old invite to go. Pretty pumped about it. It's Friday night, the Friday the thirteenth, so it's going to be a fun night. This is this nice. Yeah, um, they are going to have a couple different variants on there. One of them that I am excited for is the Tennessee temptress, where they aged it in old Jack Daniels barrels. So pretty pumped about that bad boy. It's gonna be good. They also have like their uh, French Quarter Temptress Sorry. and uh, all the all the other variants of Temptress. So I'm fucking pumped about it. Uh, Are they doing the the white? <clears throat> what's that? The white stout again? Uh, that wasn't them. They that's um, a Texas Ale Project that does their white stout. Sorry. Yeah. And right. well, and right. now I guess Armadillo also does the white stout, which they did a bourbon barrel uh, brunch money. Uh, this year that I didn't get a chance to go to the release party because I was taking pictures with Santa Claus. Anyway, uh, doing better about that at all. No, it was actually good this year. My daughter didn't scream and cry at Santa. So that was good. It was was refreshing. Uh, we, this is uh, for one out of four that we are, we did not have crying pictures with Santa. (laughs) I feel like it's a victory for us all. That's, I mean, that is a pretty large accomplishment, right? And you, know, you don't think about it when you're a kid. You're just like, yeah, if I can picture Santa, go knock this thing out, tell him what, tell the big guy what I want, give him a picture taken, and we're good. But then when you're a parent, you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm actually okay that my child's screaming while they're while they're trying to be placed on a stranger's lap. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking keep going. Yeah, keep it up. Let's not, hey, hey, let's not scold too much here, okay? They're doing what they're supposed to do. This is what we train for, all right? We're good. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I'll uh, hopefully have some pictures and uh some fun uh beer tastings to report back from that. Um I, uh so speak- oh, go ahead. Do you guys ever go to the your local farmer's market? See, you act like everybody has a farmer's market around them. I have one that's only open in the summertime. 
because apparently that's oh. only when farmers work. Oh, yeah, work that's fair. Here. That's fair. Where, yeah. Okay, so in the summer, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you all have farmers markets up there, Willem? Yeah, yeah, yeah I got the Cherry yeah. Street Farmers Market. Have you guys gotten? Have Have you gotten wind of this trend of locally grown mushrooms, like edible mushrooms, not psychedelics? Not psychedelics. Psychedelics are also edible mushrooms. <laughs> you just have to try harder, Frank. Not what I'm talking about. This fucking guy, uh, noob. No, why? What's the trend? I was gonna say I've heard. No, so there's. I've I've heard a lot of my friends from back home in central Oklahoma talking about going uh, mushroom farming or mushroom picking, hunting. hunting yeah. And that shit fucking scares the shit out of me. I don't understand it. Yeah, at I would all. never do anything. Okay, well, first, hold on, hold on. This is not anybody going into the woods finding mushrooms. This is people having Growing large fungus. greenhouses that they grow mushrooms in, like controlled okay. greenhouses. Do you guys Did not you have some? anybody up there that does that? We not that I we may have. I I don't go to the farmers market that regularly, and they close oh, okay. uh, first week in November. So. Okay, cool. No, so I'm just the reason I'm asking. We've got this lady down here who's been um, at our farmers market probably for a year and a half now, and um, there's another person that's kind of got the Austin market. It's kind of like the mushroom cartel, you know? Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that was I'm just kidding. But anyways, they uh, yeah. So she had a colony collapse. What this past this past like six months. So her mushrooms came, came back to the market. Um, well, two weeks ago and they've been selling out. So I haven't gotten any, but if you have a local mushroom lady, definitely or guy, you know, non gender specific. Yeah. Job, but if you have one, they grow some badass mushrooms. Like she grows this lion's mane, uh, mushroom, which is this white mushroom. It's just fucking massive. They, do these chestnut mushrooms, which are like tiny and really potent, and but yeah, you can get into some like real deep conversations with them. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna be right? honest with you. I'm just gonna break this down this way. A deep conversation with a mushroom lady is not something that I want to find myself. Okay, in. Brian, I see what well, you're saying. Did though, you, have you ever wondered, for no. instance? <laughs> Let's stop you right there. Probably not. <laughs> no, about <laughs> mushroom growing. Right. You've never wondered about how mushrooms grow and how you can inoculate things. and Oh, yeah, I have. Not, okay. not how I can inoculate things, but I've definitely thought mushrooms are very peculiar. For oh, instance. Oh, 100% thought mushrooms are peculiar, yes. Okay. So <laughs> had a conversation with her the other day. Asked her how much room, because, okay, she grows them in a, in a greenhouse, right? How much right. room do you need to grow these mushrooms? Right. How much would you say, Brian? I, I don't know, Frank. I, here's what I'm going to say. To, I don't know. Tell me, and then I want to tell you my observation. I would think about a small situation. room. I would, I yeah, would I would say like imagine 50 square feet for a, a bushel of mushrooms. Okay, fair enough. She said as mushroom as possible. Oh, you, mother- oh, you motherfucker. This whole thing was a goddamn <laughs> setup to a fucking dad joke. What a waste of time. God but damn then, it. I am. Then again, Brian. I know. It's a waste of time. We fucking, god damn it. I was getting ready to say, like, one of two things is happening. One, Frank has never met a fucking stranger. Never have I been around him where he's sat in a room and just sat silent and going, nope, nothing to say to the people around me here. Never has happened, ever. So for him to go to a farmer's market and strike up a conversation with a mushroom lady, 
Not out of the realm of possibility. 100%. It did happen. Yeah. It did, she didn't. That was not her answer. Okay, sure. Answer. The other thing that I was going to say is, of course, Frank would then turn that conversation to a way to maximize your business potential and your output by figuring out the context of how you currently do business and see if we can make it better. Right. <laughs> Give me some of them oyster mushrooms. I'm looking to chow down. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, everything before the mushrooms as possible punchline was true. And I would, I would want to, what did she actually answer? He did. Uh, you didn't ask that. Did you? No. So no, she, they use a standard hoop house. So it's like, I want to say those things Ooh, are like Frank, 30. I'm look this up. So this better be real. I know. I, like, now I, I've already invested 30 quite a by bit of 20, money. I think feet like, no, probably 40 by 20. They're, they're, they're just hoop houses. That's what they use. Stop saying the word hoop house. I don't like that. It's it's called a hoop house. I don't know what to tell you. Hoop house. So anyways, they use them on farms. And <laughs> um, yeah, there's an outside. 20 by 10 by 7 is a hoop house they sell on Walmart. A 40 by 45. That's a larger one that they also sell on Walmart. They, the hoop houses are everywhere. Hoop house. Um, anyways. God damn it. Hoop house. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, you can uh, yeah, find yourself a local mushroom person. It's it's gold. Dude, you really should off. check out Fungi Forum at permies.com. <laughs> Egyptian onions, hoop houses, shiitake mushrooms, and more. Oh, there you go. See, I told you. Fifteen you minute, a 15-minute video on YouTube about how to set up your hoop house to grow Egyptian onions, hoop house shiitake mushrooms, and more. I I don't know what to tell you, Brian, but shiitake mushrooms, are, those are good. Them's the they sh- sell for I, quite a bit. As the kids on the street say, these are the shiitakes. has <laughs> <laughs> got shit in the That's name. Right. That's right. It does. It's <laughs> happening to this podcast. Well, this has become the Mushroom Power Hour. Um, we call it the whole. <laughs> got going on here. We call it the One Up Hour. It's exactly there. It is Mario Kart. Fucking joke. nothing but Mario jokes. <laughs> super, super Mario joke. Holy oh, fucking good. hell! Uh, question, question, question. Answer. Um, for you two, who are both from? You guys are true African Americans. No. Well, you're, you're from Africa. <clears throat> yeah, but I'm not American. American I'm citizen. American citizen. You're I'm not American. This is starting off okay. bad. Okay, not you're really both from Africa. Okay, so this is the point that I'm trying to make here: is this split hairs at this point at this time of year? Do you take offense to the song "Do They Know It's Christmas Time" at all? Yes. Okay. No. Yes, oh, no. I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. I mean, not personally, but I do think <laughs> it's an incredibly patronizing song. Like, I think it's really shitty and perpetuates the stereotype of Africa as being like this needy, like little child that can't take care of itself, or this like well, uh, uncivilized country that doesn't know fucking yeah. how to interact with other people do they even like it, do they even know it's Christmas? it cuts to that one question that i would always get which is i didn't know they had tvs in or in you know in africa or whatever like well i mean i will say my first trip to boston in 2000 we had a cab driver straight up ask us if we lived in teepees in oklahoma yeah and so i, I was like <laughs> nah, no uh, we don't. Do they even know it's Christmas in Oklahoma, Brian? That's actually a genuine question because meth is like really makes it hard to keep track of time. That's all I'm going to say. 
Right, no, that's fair. <laughs> You're like, no, that's a good point, good point, good point. No, Frank, you don't take offense to it at all? You don't think it's, I mean, I think Villain called out as patronizing a little bit. No no offense to it? You're okay with you two? No, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I, okay, so this was written in 1984. Yeah. Um, th- there was a lot yeah, I mean, of granted, shit. I don't. It was a different time. I get going that. on across. I'm just Africa talking about if people are still seriously playing that song on the radio. Then yes, that's ridiculous. Right. I don't. I mean, it's a classic Christmas song. I just don't. I I, I guess we can be offended by. It. I am not. I think it's a beautiful song. I honestly think the lyrics for the time were very accurate. There were mm-hmm. a ton of wars going on. There was a famine in North Africa. Um, I all caused we by wanted, Europeans, though. Uh, it doesn't matter who caused it. <laughs> I think it kind of does, especially no, if it's it a European singing the song about. Oh, they just they don't get anything. They're, they're really bummed ah, out dude. down there. Why is that? Well, first <laughs> off, hold on. So the the song raised money for the famine, um, which was all not... siphoned off at the end. They didn't get any money. I think it went into fund like a civil war or something. Okay, I don't have proof of any of that. What I'm telling you is. <laughs> Wait, no, what, what song am I thinking of? The, the Live Aid shit. I don't I don't know. I've never nice. heard this version of events. What I'm saying is, is it's a song that was written from a good place. It was done during a time where Africa was definitely a basket case and was, unfortunately, um, not very well governed. And yes, it was a lot of colonialism, but that's been the case, and that still is the case today. People wanted to help. They wrote a song. The song helped. To an extent, I don't know, maybe the money got siphoned off to the Italian mob. I have no idea. <laughs> no, not like to a civil war in Africa. There we go. Could, Ready? It could it could be. But anyways, like the to me, right, it became a classic. And I mean, so John Lennon's war is over, right? Written about Vietnam, everybody hated the war, whatever. Christmas classic still has significance today. Doesn't have to be a war going on for me to listen to the song. I, I just don't I, like. Yeah, I guess I, not, I never said there had to be a famine going on for me to listen to that song. So, but then I don't understand what's patri- patronizing about it. So, other complications with the song <laughs> that center around the colonial Western-centric viewpoint and the condescending stereotype descriptions of Africa. For many people, the song suggests that the entire continent of Africa is experiencing famine and poverty, which it is of was. course, it, which is of course untrue. Says this uh, American. In 1984, journal. it was ha, ha, ha. a much different and, place. And contrary to the song's title, there are plenty of Christians in the on the continent, 45% of the population, sure. according to this study, who indeed sure. knew it was Christmas, and plenty of people of other faiths who may not even care. It would be ignorant to think otherwise. Uh, Frank, yeah, but it wasn't all of Africa. It was like Ethiopia like was experiencing in the midst of a deep famine. There there was war in Somalia. There was war in... Uh, uh, in uh, New, not What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, Central African Republic, which at that time was Zaire, uh, there was war in Senegal. There was literally like the the co- the continent was fighting. Like I, I just yes, fine. We can always take this colonialist view on everything, and nothing that Africa has ever done is its own fault. And no one should really consider that the problems that they've currently experienced are problems for everybody in Africa. But damn, it's just like <laughs> if if that's the way we view it at all times, why is it still the way it is? 
probably because no one holds them accountable for what's going on there. Like, I'm sorry. I am just not, I am not in agreement with the fact that you can view this song and say, oh, well, based on my Harvard PhD, this is condescending because you're saying everybody's why does it sound like you're making why does it sound like you're making a anti up higher education like lib I'm not I'm like, not making an anti higher right education now No I'm saying it is ignorant to say that it 100% should be seen as some sort of a patronizing thing It's not It's not what it what the song is about there are very 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 true aspects to everything said in that song Now if you choose to believe that all of Africa is dying from famine when you listen to the song, then that's you. <laughs> go go get taught up on Africa. I don't know. I just I just don't agree with that segment Brian read. It's very very it's it's equally as shallow as saying like the song is the best song ever and sh- like isn't isn't at all um, um, offensive. I understand why people would take offense to it, but I don't understand why we would kick it from like the Christmas catalog. <laughs> I just well, don't get <laughs> I mean, uh, Step Into Christmas has been banned, like has not been played on uh, North Texas Christmas radio, and I don't understand why that is. I fucking, I'm more upset by that. Uh, but for clarification's sake, the 1984 benefit uh, by the British supergroup Band-Aid, which is this, the people who sang this song, was written by Bob Geldof and Midge Yuri to raise money to combat famine in Ethiopia. So this is 1984 specifically. Uh, so it does talk about the famine. It raised money for the famine in Ethiopia. This is the same group that in 2004, uh, the Band-Aid 30 recorded money to combat uh, the Ebola crisis. So while, yes, it could be seen as patronizing to some parts of the continent, it's, I agree that it is not the... It is not the. It may be the 2019 uh, viewpoint, uh, but it is was not the 1984 sentiment as was written. Yeah, but that's the thing about this cancel culture okay. bullshit. I'm not. It's hey, always hey, like, what, real quick, we're I, going back 30 years and being offended by something 30 years later. Okay, fine, let's do it. <laughs> like, but, but you understand that, like, there has to be. This is coming from the same podcast that is uh, takes a pretty harsh stance on uh, uh, on glorifying fucking confederate leaders correct sure okay yeah. so I, I we understand that there is some there's some yeah. line of line of thought that uh absolutely while, while i agree like I, I don't give a fuck band-aid was offensive to you don't listen to it like, fucking it, they probably did more good than harm in in the big scheme of things yeah but it, this <laughs> no, is but what i'm what i'm talking about is like the train's running on the track and it's running over shit that isn't part of the track what? right <clears throat> there's a reason game. There's there's a reason why like we don't listen to minstrel music anymore, or you know some oh, songs even from the nineties. I mean like you do I, like, cancel things. That's why when I don't you, listen. When to... You know better, you cancel. Question, like, question, Frank. To that sorry, point, sorry. To what music? I didn't uh, hear that. He said to minstrel music. Minstrel music. Uh, here's Black a question. Here's a. It's uh, uh, well, you should know what that is. Come on. It's the. It's the. Yeah. It's not a. It wasn't a good time in America. Okay. Uh, but how about this? A modern day example is Frank. Do you still listen to R. Kelly? Do I? I never did. So okay. I don't really have. You never okay, listen well, to... you know you get the point, though. If you had listened yeah, to R. That. Kelly, I, I've... then you would no longer listen to R. Kelly. It's the same then yeah. step that, you know, like, okay, we're not listening to... Uh, we're not... So, so, sure, but Band-Aid 
Christmas song is not R. Kelly. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Yet you, we like, don't I, know. I understand. What Bob... <laughs> I understand. Don't don't get me wrong. There are plenty of things that I no longer founders canceled. Mm-hmm. I understand that. What I'm saying is is we need to pump the brakes on shit that we're offended about that isn't really meant to be or never was really something to be offended about. The Band-Aid song is post-mortem being offensive. And if you no, want to be not. offended by no, it, it's fine, not. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's calling out the fact that it uh, perpetuates a stereotype of a continent and of people that just is wholly false and not true. And by continuing to play it and perpetuate it, you keep spreading that false narrative about these people. I think that is the point of this specific like complaint about this specific song. Okay. I'll, I'll keep playing it. I don't have an issue with it. Okay, fine. And I'm not saying you can't keep playing it. That's not, I don't know why you're getting like taking it personally. I'm not. I just, I, I, I think the, the, like, this is a song that was literally meant to do good. And, and it did do reevaluating good. It sounds like. Okay. And now all of a sudden it's perpetuating this thing where we need to never, ever, ever commend it, listen to it, whatever again. We need because to update our perceptions. Yeah, kind of in a way. Okay. That's fine. I don't agree. With our that. collective. Okay. You don't agree with updating our collective conscience. I don't have a problem with it. If you want to listen to the song and you want to educate people about these reasons, instead of canceling it, why don't you use it as an opportunity to teach people? I mean, you so, said cancel. I didn't say cancel. No, this is okay. I, I didn't. I, I know I said cancel, but that's exactly what you do. We don't listen to it anymore. It's done. It's cancel, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm just the whole like, I don't necessarily know that I agree with the cancel culture thing either, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't either. But it is it, there but. is something to be said for uh, by having something played in the mainstream that is either wholly, fo- uh, uh, whole, wholly false or partially false that you're perpetuating, like Willem said, this, this thought that... Uh, it's okay to believe uh, these untruths about an entire population because it is much harder to have that playing in the mainstream and also have the DJ play out of that song. Oh, that will with a wonderful hit by Band Aid from 1984. Remember, kids, 45% of that population was, in fact, Christian, so they did know it was Christmas time. And for us to believe that everyone else cared is wholly untrue. We got Madonna's number one music. So, so okay. Okay, but I could hear a DJ. Hold on. I could hear a DJ being like, that that song just really makes you, you know, like remember how grateful you are, and you know they don't over there in Africa they don't necessarily have everything, you know, <laughs> and it's like it's not up to date or like accurate or flattering in any sense, and it's like the image of Africa always. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree with that. But... So okay, I I will, I will I will say one thing. It's gonna offend people, uh, truly. The image of Africa, Africa doesn't help itself in that manner. Just going to say it. If if we're really this offended about Band-Aid, how about we get a little bit more fucking offended about Jacob Zuma stealing money from his own people, Robert but, Mugabe being in power. If we're really What are we supposed to do about that? I mean, that's it's their own affairs. And sure. the, and, and the so thing then you that don't get to be offended by a song no, that's that written raised by people. money for a famine. Okay, it, how do you like, feel about How do you feel about Comey 2012? <laughs> Well, or I Coney, mean, that was just a totally made-up thing. Coney, 2012. <laughs> so General did... Butt-Naked was real. I saw that documentary. No, it was real. The guy just lost his head. He got and insane. then started masturbating. Well, in no, so he, he, he also 
like stole the money. Right? Well, yeah, yeah, so yeah, not, yeah, yeah. But the story itself oh, was, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> none of that money went to fucking fight shit in North Africa. Uh, but the 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 premise of it was real. Uh, but it goes back to that outside influencing in Africa, which I mean, you both of you have spoken about how corrupt that can be, and how corrupt it is on both the giving and receiving end in in the con on the continent of Africa. Where you may give two million dollars, but only ten thousand of those dollars go to where it's necess- where it needs to go, which is you know not helpful by their own people in Africa, but also not helpful that the people who donated the money let that happen. Is that correct? Well, they don't always let it happen, so it's but, very easy to steal money from a foundation or from government donations. You just charge as a contractor ten times what it actually costs you. <laughs> You're not supposed to say it out loud, Frank. We have we've got that government contract bid on fixing I thirty five W in north of Fort Worth. Don't fucking ruin this for us, man. It's not. I mean, so yeah. All in all, listen. I I am African. It is my 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 home. I still support my country. I have no problem with it, but I will tell you, I am getting a little bit sick of this. Oh, Africa doesn't have problems. The problems are all Western countries that brought the problems. There, there is a significant amount of tribal tension unrelated to anything Western culture can influence within those governments that have been there for centuries that will not go away without people starting to talk about it. If everything is always America's fault or the people who loaned you the money, or if that's always where we're going to go with it, nothing will get sorted. We'll just keep going down this path. We'll keep blaming stupid songs. It's about this image, whatever. But in the meantime, we're employing slaves to mine tin in Mozambique um, because essentially the world needs it for fucking cell phones and shit. And no one's going to talk about that because quite frankly, the the fucking Comey 2020 campaign was too offensive or (laughs) the the Band-Aid song was too offensive because it portrayed I, Africa in this bad light. So I want to be I want to be clear. Wait, Nigeria is about, literally sorry. Why can't you Lagos. talk about both? Why can't you talk about both? You you can talk about both, but the the problems never get talked about in context. There's always this colonialism's the issue, it's always the issue, and then it internally is. In the, it always has been and it always will be. The, okay. Like, it's just the fact of life. It it is an issue. I don't disagree with you. Long term, though, if we're going to keep tracing it back to that issue, nothing will get solved. It just won't. You can't change it. You, so if you my life make, was defined, you can make up for it, can't you? I mean, you can, how are you going to make up can, for it? Uh, reparations and like literally anything. There's so many different things you could do, yeah, but okay, nothing so is done. That's literally never happened in the history of the world. The more, most okay, you're right. I'm the not nation who won that the world. hasn't. Okay, yeah. so the the nation who won any war didn't pay reparations for anything. So I'm not sure that's, that's not tenable. So what else can, yeah, be? it's the same reason that America hasn't paid reparations to the slaves. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Wait, wait, wait. Like it just, it hasn't Americans happened. What the native Americans are probably a step ahead or to the native Americans who the fuck ever. I mean, you can't count the number of, people in this world that America owes a debt to. And like, frankly, British empire and the British empire. Yeah. I mean, basically all of Europe. So like, do we lose my breath? But like, if we're being serious about why people are, why things are the way that they are, that's why, because the people who keep winning refuse to concede anything ever. So 
<clears throat> so and they are okay. going to keep winning the 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 advantage is too great at this point so yeah it's Correct. just going to keep going this way so it, it really does depend who you choose to blame but i mean there are there are more than one side to a story there is more than one side to the same hold story. on it does it it, it uh, i guess there, there's a lot to unpack there it's not about who we're blaming you I'm just saying... you were just talking about it the whole core of this entire conversation right now is about how we don't blame africa enough for what's going on in africa Sure. Um, so w what I'm what I'm saying is, is when you're looking <clears throat> at modern day, right, and what you can adjust for modern day, um, you need to start holding your own leaders accountable instead of keeping on with the traditional talking points. Nothing changes with the traditional talking points. Right? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think those are two conversations that happen at the same, or, you know, in parallel. I don't think it's one Sure, we can all other. acknowledge that colonialism had a large impact. It was detrimental, except we can, we, we can acknowledge that, okay? Uh, we are no longer in control of the federal governments in Africa. We, we don't Is have that the true, though? power. Is that true, sure. though? What resources do they have? What do you mean? Or that? I mean, well, like what? What uh, valuable minerals and whatever else? They what are their plenty. exports? Africa what are the contracts most... with them? I mean, Africa, from a mineral resource standpoint, is the most mineral-rich continent on the planet. So, where is the money coming from that's corrupting the 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 people in charge? That's what I always say. Follow the money. Ryan, why are you laughing? I I think at this point I have to bring up the fact that. I thought this whole segment was just going to be us shitting on Bono for like five minutes and then we just move on. <laughs> I had no idea this is going to blow up into African international affairs. None of like it, it's I'm laughing from the fact that I didn't know what 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 I what powder keg <laughs> I lit. Worms. Oh no, there's no okay, can of worms. That's fine. We can move on. No, 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 no. And that's the other thing what I was wanting to say. Like it's interesting as shit to listen to because this is the thing these are things that are clearly not covered in our fucking daily news thread of goddamn who did what to oom in Washington DC <laughs> and shit that's happening in England right now. That doesn't like the shit that affects like you said the most mineral rich continent on the planet like that literally could make or break our civilization in 10 to 20 years is not being discussed. Yeah, it, which is fucking terrifying honestly. Uh because these things are being mined with no, I'm assuming no regulations, and I'm assuming that these products or these minerals that are being mined and and manufactured are not, uh, they're not renewable in the next like five years. Like these are things that take decades and millennia to replenish, and we're using yeah. them like they're fucking nothing at all, and then not recycling them because no, it's like ah eh, fuck it, it's not worth it. Just keep moving on. I, it, yeah. I, again, uh, that I. The, the the what y'all are talking about is interesting as shit, and I don't mean to be disparaging. I it literally came from a question that Mrs. Brian asked me as we were listening to Christmas music, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck Bono," and then it turned into this. <laughs> I thought it was Band Aid. Yeah, well, he was involved. Yeah, bon it's a super group. Bono was in it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Frank, are you mad now? They're all part of it, huh? Are you mad? No, I just, I just don't. I, I, I don't agree that. At any point in time, Africa's problems are going to be solved by blaming other countries. I, just, I don't. The, I, the I, continent I, 
just internally needs to sort out a lot of fucking corrupt bullshit before they need to worry about <laughs> just so we're clear. where the money for there. Just so is it clear. is it funny Local to you to say is it would it would you find it funny if I walked into your room, fucked up all your shit, left, and then said, "You're never gonna get until you stop fighting with yourself. You're never gonna get your room cleaned up." That's how I feel about that statement. Okay. I don't feel about that. 300 years. 400 years. That's as long as it's been. 400 years. It's been human, longer. Human that. history is 10,000 10, years. No, 1619. That's the first slave in Africa. Well, longer globally, yes. No, hold on. Wait, first oh, off. Oh, he, yeah, okay. I'm not talking about slavery. So. <laughs> You're just talking about colonialism Slave in general? I was you you can't talk about Africa without talking about slavery. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, but I'm just done with this. Thank you. I again, I blame Bono for all this. I don't shit. understand why you're getting so upset. Honestly, I, I I keep trying to make a point, but I keep getting interrupted, so I'm just not going to continue. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Okay. Ah, fucking shit. now, my shit's blowing up. Uh, <laughs> again, I just want to point out, I did have no fucking dog in a fight. This was literally a dumb question that I brought up based off of a fucking song. And just so we're clear, um, I don't find it no, offensive. No, um, and don't know what the beeping sound is, but just bear with me, listeners. Um, you know, it's that fan of beef that we get every now and then. Uh, no. So I'm glad we got that. Uh, I'm glad we got that uh, that that out of the way because that was, that was eating away at me. And not good. Oh, okay, so uh, Frank stepped away from the mic, but Willem, uh, I know you can you can uh, spar with me on this one here. So okay. Founders Brewing, I know it's been topic of discussion as of late. Founders Brewing. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if you can hear the beeping that's happening on my end, but it's really goddamn annoying. I hear it every now and then, but like right now it's not beeping. Yeah, until I start talking about... Okay, anyway, so Founders Brewing, uh, you know, they, they had the old settlement and everything. Everything's going to yeah. be hunky-dory. And um, they hired a former Sen- a former Michigan State Senator, uh, Buzz Thomas, to fill in as the director of diversity at uh, Founders Brewing. Okay. And I want you to listen to what his ideas on improving the uh, uh, the diversity, equity, and inclusion for founders would be. Okay, here's here's his quote. We're going to be essentially interviewing and surveying every employee of Founders to really get a sense of where inclusion fits into the organization. Now, as a person who is a human and (laughs) who has interactions with other human beings, how do you think those interviews are going to go with a former uh, state senator who is black? How do you think those interviews are going to go sitting down with a bunch of white employees who are going, yep, nope, not racist at all? Like, how do you, th- do you yeah, think no. it's going to go that way? Do you think they're going to get a true sense of what these employees are like? No, absolutely not. What, co- <clears throat> sir, I just want you to know, I can't tell what color you are. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know your rat- nationality. So just I can't. right off the bat, I don't know your nationality before you ask me anything. <laughs> right off the bat, Michael Jordan, good dude. Don't know what color he is. No idea. Don't know his. <laughs> don't know his ethnicity. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's from Africa or not. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was the the most bullshit excuse for uh, like how we're going to fix a diversity problem is ask people if they're racist. <laughs> like, sir, I I know as a black man living in America, you've probably run into a few racists. 
But I assure you, not all racists will be racist to your face. <laughs> I, I always thought it was common for people just to come forward and say I'm racist. And then you know what? Introduce themselves. It wasn't until... Hi, <laughs> my name is Frank. I'm racist. How are you? Isolate that. We're going to isolate that and play it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, like, yeah, they act like it was some like, well, obviously when the 32nd Amendment was put in place, it made it illegal for anyone to not tell you they're racist. So if anyone says, I'm not racist, they have to be telling the truth or else penalty under law. Like, no, that's not how it works. Racists are assholes. They're going to tell you whatever you want to hear to get them off your back. Also part of that law, if they don't tell you they're racist, then you're not allowed to say that they're racist. Oh, good point. That is Amendment 33. Uh, and then Amendment 34 is you can't ask the president if he's done anything wrong because that's them's the rules. You know what I mean? You can't impeach somebody if they say no takes or if they're... If they're holding on to the the to the pulpit at the White House, like that's the safe zone. Like <laughs> you can't tag me. I'm here. I'm at this. I'm at, I'm at base. No one got the fucking tag joke. God damn. Are we that? No, I didn't get that one. I got it. I got oh, it. Fuck. I, I didn't follow it. I thought that was good. <laughs> I just pictured Donald Trump standing at the White House podium, just holding on to it. Like can't impeach me. I'm on base. Oh, I'm on base. Got here. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can't touch this because you're not president. With Stephen Miller. That's too funny. Goose stepping behind him. I'm Steve, assuming. Yeah, I mean, he's two stepping in. I mean, he's either goose stepping or he's floating like a fucking ghost that he is down the hallways. Yeah, dude, such a fucking prick. He's he is a piece he's of shit. Piece of shit. That we can all agree on. So, um, I don't know if you all saw, but Texas Tech beat Louisville tonight, and that's the I think. Fourth week in a row where the number one ranked team has lost their first game after being ranked number one in college basketball. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I it, it blows my mind that college basketball is happening right now. I, I have a hard time. Every year, even in college, I had a hard time wrapping my head around the college basketball actually doing things in December. I mean, fuck well, they, I mean, th- this is when they're... These are all really just warm-up games, right? Like, as long as you're not shitting the bed here, none of this matters. Come late March or late February. I was going to say, that's when they start keeping tally on things, right? It's like baseball. No one really gives a shit until after the All-Star break. Yeah, so conference play will start here in three weeks. That's when everybody will start paying attention to college basketball. Because right now they're playing the tournaments. And as you can see, number one teams are falling like fly. Like Louisville tonight got beat by 13 points. That's insane. For a number one team to lose by 13 in anything, really. Yeah. So they got their asses beat. So they're still trying to figure out who's actually good, who's not good, and get into conference play, and that's when you'll figure out who's really, really good. You think the Dallas Cowboys are playing by that same set of rules? Like, we're just going to lay low until late February, and then we're really going to turn it on when it really matters. We'll get beat by 13. That's fine. God. They're 6-7 and and (laughs) still the third seed in the playoffs. Like... Yeah, I crazy fucking sorry, I, the fourth seed. But anyways, you know, you know, that boy Troy is shitting his britches every Sunday that they play. It's just an incompetent competition in the NFC East. Like who who can fuck it up worse this week? Well, after leading is well, like what it becomes. Speaking of a fuck off competition, what do you think of the Texas? But what are your predictions on the Texas Bowl this year? <laughs> I don't know. 
What? <laughs> Fuck. A and M. A and M is gonna beat our ass. A and like A and M does really good at figuring out ways to lose games, but they ain't got. They ain't seen the Big Twelve South. <laughs> like you in the Cowboys. Yeah. You ain't moseyed up next to a bunch of a bunch of dudes who don't know how to fucking win. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that one. Dude, it's really hard to play games when you got holes in both your feet from shooting yourself week after week. <laughs> exactly. This it's been a it's been a tough real uh, tough year, but I, it's a young team, yeah. So Got to build this team up. We'll see where it goes. Spencer, I like the quarterback. I like the running back, obviously. I like our backup That's quarterback. kind of where it stops. Yeah, Drew Brown's not too bad. I mean, he's he a fucking senior this year, so he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's all right. He, he's been a backup to like eight other backups, but he's decent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so Tom Herman, the boy child the, that is Tom Herman. The mastermind. <laughs> So he fired his whole staff. Had a kid, right? Fired the whole staff because he couldn't hold himself accountable for the fact that they sucked so bad this year. And it's going to happen again next year. Tom Herman's a terrible fucking coach. He's just in it for himself. Now you're going to get him back to the promised land. Now you're talking Texas Longhorns football. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Now. Hey, you got to keep you got to yeah. you got to keep people abreast because we got some non-sports fans, non-sports balls uh, listening. Sorry, yeah, we that's can't. this is Tom Herman of the uh, University of Texas lore. That's Frank's He's hometown. Supposed to be the savior of the football program. Frank's alma mater. It's not. It's yeah, my alma mater. <laughs> it's it's funny though that you're like when you're in a town like Austin, you're almost obligated to pay you're not obligated forced to pay attention to what's happening in that sports town yeah you don't have a choice no. you don't have a choice but I, I think it's funny right i think it's funny because year two charlie strong only had three years here right happened to be a black guy hmm. uh, uh are you sure about that frank do you well, know his nationality? <laughs> I don't necessarily know his nationality, but I he is of the dark skin. He is a he's a black uh, man. Yes. So he uh he coached Texas and only coached them for three seasons. Led them to a sixteen and twenty one record. Okay. Not good. No. It's not good. He started off with a shit just basket left here by Mac Brown. Yeah. Um, and then coached him up, but obviously didn't coach him up good enough. Um, got fired. Tom Herman, okay, took Charlie Strong's talent, coached him, did all right, hasn't done much. He's in year two. And I don't hear the same, if Tom Herman doesn't do, do what he's supposed to be doing next year, he's going to get fired talk. Nearly as much as I heard from the Charlie Strong era. It's almost um, like people didn't want Charlie Strong to succeed. Almost. Huh. Almost. Huh. So I don't know. Yeah. So they've gone seven and six. And now they've gone. Uh, so sorry. Uh, is that right? They, they He's gone three seasons seven and six, nine and three, which, was, which included some really fucking weird wins. Yeah, I was going to say, they, wins last they year, shouldn't have, they, have won. Yeah, but last year they were also in Kansas and almost lost the fucking game. Mm-hmm. So nine and three last year probably should have been seven and five again. And then this year he goes and puts up a seven and five record. So he's done not shit. 
Okay. Yeah. Literally translates into not shit. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> he's not getting uh, he's not getting the same heat put on him. So whatever. I mean, we'll see. I I don't think he's going to succeed as head coach at Texas. But whatever. well, no, I uh, I don't know. I, Texas has got a whole seat of fucking problems. Uh, n- the least of which are the fact that they're recruiting against SEC powerhouses right now. Uh, and, yeah, but they could have uh, just gone OU. and said, Nick Saban, do you want $20 million a year? How about 30 I don't give a shit, right? Like, their endowment's fucking, what, $50 billion or something? Just pay him however much he wants to, and you'll be competitive. But Listen, they got to pay Matthew McConaughey $30,000 to teach a fucking <laughs> acting class, so let's go. that money's tight <laughs> well, now. Let's go. How about we go hire the head coach at the University of Houston? <laughs> get him over here. No. Because that fucking guy at least knows what he's doing. He'll get in there and be like, hey, your athletic department is fucked. <laughs> like no, most, I just can't. Most D1 athletic departments, by the way, are fucked. So now they're, they're talking about new. So all of these offensive and defensive coordinators and everybody that they were talking about is the best in the country. People that if you don't pay them more, you're going to need to uh, be careful because they'll get hired away. Well, they all got fired. And now he's looking for new people and they're talking him up again, like the same shit, just like they did with Sam Ellinger at the beginning of this year. This guy's a Heisman candidate. Huh, yeah. And look where he's at. You got a rocket for an arm. Not in, not in New York. Not in New York. <laughs> he's got a rocket for arm. He's got glass hips though. Yeah. Don't want like, he'll, yeah. he'll fucking break, break in a strong. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, t- could not tell you the amount of people who were like, yeah, he's probably going to be top five in the Heisman voting this year. I'm like, no, Pretty sure that guy looks just like Brandon Whedon. Yeah. He just uh, has a better hairline and only slightly. Yeah, only slightly. It's Brandon and Whedon, he can run a little bit. Well, Brandon Whedon was fucking 30, and, you know, that's, that's yeah. a problem. That's frowned upon in the in the NCAA. That's right. If, if, if there's a, a moment in time where he can lose you a football game, he's going to find it. Oh, Sam Ellinger? He's going to yeah. find it. No, he's, he's yeah. going to piss gonna it all away. All right, guys. So, uh, do you guys, uh, Willem, do you have anything else that you want to get off your chesticles this evening? Uh, no, not in particular. Okay. Uh, Frank, are you good? Or you have, uh, I know you, you, you usually have some good topics to throw in at the end. No, I don't, I don't think I have anything tonight. Okay. Oh, Brian, I do have one podcast I want to share. Okay. Uh, there is this podcast called S-Town. Have you guys heard of it? Yep. yep. Have you listened to the whole thing? Yep. Like two years ago when it came out. Yeah, it's older. It's old. it's that's a year ago. No. It's twenty eighteen. In podcast time, that might as well be a decade ago. I know. I don't <laughs> keep up with these like kinds of ones that much, but <laughs> this was a really good podcast. Yeah, did you finish it? Yeah, I finished it. What did you think? I didn't love the ending. Right? Honestly. It leaves you wanting more, but uh, yeah, like Katie felt the same way, like more resolve and like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> I feel like there is something to be said when you're left with a story that is so compelling, is so um, uh, moving uh, that at the end of the story, you're left with like wanting way more. I feel like there's something to be said about the connection to real life. And like, yeah. the, the, that's the way that most people's story ends is wanting more or wanting some resolution that will never come. And I think there right. is some like beauty yeah. in that as dark as that may seem like not everybody's life turns out perfect at the end and not every story has a good ending. Yeah. Or really any sort of dramatic ending. Yeah. This shit just 
ends. That's uh, there's a movie called Burn After Reading, which is literally yeah, is it's just a good a, movie. I love the movie, but it's literally a movie about nothing. And they even say so in the end of like, yeah. what did we learn here? I don't know. All right, well, whatever happened, don't let it happen again. And like that's the way <laughs> most know, people's lives are. Like, what the fuck was that all about? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Look, when you look at it from the outside, obviously people absolutely, you know, absolutely people yeah. close understand that there was meaning for life, but you know, shit happens sometimes, and that's okay. You yeah. know, um, the one movie that I watched tonight that I thought was actually really good, Brittany runs a marathon. What is very that? entertaining? Oh, what the fuck! Very entertaining. It's like, yeah, it's. I think it's on Amazon Prime potentially. Oh, I don't know. I've put it on a streaming service. I'm dead serious. Uh-huh. I'm waiting. Great movie. No, no, I'm dead serious. It's called Britney Runs a Marathon. It's about this lady. It's apparently a true story. Dude, no, it's not Britney Spears, motherfucker. Okay, this is a real movie. Well, I asked. You said yeah. Yeah, that's why. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. It broke up. (laughs) No, so, um, so she, this lady, like went and ran a marathon after being pretty fat and lost weight while, you know, training for the marathon. Goes and runs the marathon. Won't spoil it for you, but it's it's a funny movie. And it also has some like pretty cool parts. So I, I would recommend it. It's a great one. Oh, shit. It's, good. Check it's free, out. so it's a nice like Saturday night, whatever. It's got Jillian Bell yeah. in it, the girl from uh, Workaholics. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'll check that out. That looks good. Oh. It's got a good Rotten Tomatoes. It only made $7.4 million in the box office. Well, considering yeah, none of us it. heard about it, and I, I would yeah. hope so. Let's just hope it didn't cost more than that. Cost no, 80, 80 million dollars to make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they paid for everybody's marathon entry one year. <laughs> this is the biggest box office flop in thirty years. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, but I would recommend it. It's 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 worth it. All right. Well, on that cool. note, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, play this. Being the holiday season, we hit Christmas and Hollis as our outro. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, be sure to check us out over on Instagram at Nobody Left Cast. Trying to put out some uh, more unique content over there. Um, hopefully, you enjoy that. Also, be sure to follow us over on Twitter at Nobody Left Cast on Twitter, at NBLB underscore beer on Twitter as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, if you're listening to this this week and uh, you're heading out to the Burn Barrel Temptress release in Dallas, holler at me. I'll be there with Mrs. Brian. And, uh, yeah, uh, for Brian, until next time, I'm out. For Villam and Tulsa, thank you for listening. Uh, talk to you later. Uh, for Frank in far, 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 far south, Minneapolis, St. Paul, where it's negative four degrees right now, which sucks a big dick. Uh, Brittany Runs a Marathon actually was purchased by Amazon <laughs> Studios for $14 million. So... Oh shit! Enjoy that. Jesus. Uh, pretty sure it didn't cost a hundred grand to make, but it's a good movie. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>